Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. <clears throat> so we're going to continue with equanimity practice uh, today. And uh, include ourselves as well as um, benefactor and uh, a dear friend. And I know Greg mentioned a number of things about um, about the practice, and I'll just offer. Um, a few thoughts. <clears throat> Don't know if he mentioned this yesterday, so pardon the redundancy if so, but uh, equanimity is the, um, in many lists, and it's always the last factor or quality in uh, the lists that I know the seven factors of enlightenment, the ten uh, paramitas, um, the four jhanas. Uh, in the stages of insight, uh, it's the precursor to awakening. And you can get a sense since we're We've been talking and you've been practicing since the beginning of the retreat uh, to not get caught in your grasping or pushing away. That equanimity is really the key and what we're, what we're cultivating here. Uh, a mind and a heart that is still and not tossed, confused by circumstances, whether pleasant or unpleasant. In the uh, seven factors of enlightenment, one, one way that I have of seeing equanimity and particular with those, um, uh, those more uh, quieting factors of um, calm or tranquility, concentration and uh, equanimity, um, Calm is a, I think of as a kind of a settled stillness. Um, concentration can be thought of as a kind of focused stillness. And equanimity um, can be thought of as a spacious stillness. There's room for everything things can come and go and there's space for it all and we don't get thrown by it. <clears throat> so it's a really uh, profound understanding. It's finding a centeredness in the middle of it all or finding a balance. Mm -hmm. 
The whole path can be thought of as uh, a question of balance, uh, a finding of balance. And particularly when we do it as a, as a Brahma-vihara, where we're um, exploring this balance in relation to others, um, this, is, this is an area that in our lives uh, is, is so um, important and profound to develop, where we're not caught in anger or repulsed by people or the behavior and we're not caught up in our attachments and having agendas for for people uh, even and especially for those that we care about most. It's one thing to have equanimity for the neutral person which is generally how we start uh, because there's not that much charge but for the dear friend for somebody that we love deeply that's a little bit more challenging to let go of our agendas or to just let them have the the life that they're supposed to have while caring deeply And of course, the, the same goes for the other side of the equation. Um, but today we'll, we'll work for the, with, the, with those who we're close to as well, and include ourselves in that too. Uh, I'll just share with you first a story of my own understanding of this quality of equanimity. The, um, the classical phrases that probably uh, Greg touched on or had some variation of uh, yesterday um, go something like you are the owner of your karma or you are the heir of your karma your happiness and unhappiness depends upon your actions not upon my wishes for you And you might also shift that in, ca- in case the, the idea about their actions uh, doesn't resonate for you. Perhaps even uh, um, another uh, alternative that, that might be helpful. Your, a- your happiness and unhappiness depends upon your choices or your habits of mind, your habits or your habits behavior, not on my wishes for you. Anyway, I was doing, I was doing um, practice. I was doing a six week period of Brahma Viharas a number of years ago. And uh, I'd gone through the metta and, and compassion and mudita. And then I got to equanimity. And at first it seemed kind of cool um, not cool hip, but cool cold um, uh, attitude. You know, you're the owner of your karma. You know, it's almost like a, you know, good luck to you. Uh, your happiness and happiness depends upon your actions, not on my wishes for you. But then I, 
I actually kind of got it that, oh, of course, that just everyone has their own karmic unfolding. And, um, and what a relief to just allow people's unfolding and learning what they need to learn. And so I had this one sit that was going along splendidly and putting different people in the seat and telling them the good news, the real news. You know, I, I put my wife there, you know, you're the owner of your karma, your happiness and unhappiness, etc. I put my friends there one after another, just really getting into it and telling them the news in my mind or getting the news in my own mind, oh, you've got your own life to live. And then after some time, my 10-year-old son popped up into the chair. And that was a very different experience because all of a sudden I was seeing, oh my goodness, how can I let him suffer, you know? It's, it's such an instinct for a parent. You don't want your child to suffer. You want to protect them like the Buddha's father wanted to protect him when he was young. So I said that and it was like, oh my goodness, you know, you're the owner of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depends on your actions, not, not on my wishes for you. And I had what I refer to as my clockwork orange sitting. If you've ever seen the movie Clockwork Orange, where they deprogram the protagonist by showing him films of horrible things, one after another. And they actually keep, keep his eyes open so he can't close them. And I, I imagined every awful thing that a parent can imagine for a child. You are owner of your, your karma. And there was, you know, drug addiction. You are owner of your karma and, um, you know, car accident. And I went through this, it was well over an hour of every awful thing that a parent can fear for a child. And little by little, at some point, I got it. That I can love him to bits, but I can't protect him from what life has in store for him. And I, it's not my job it's my job to protect as much as I can, but not think that I can keep him from learning the lessons that he's supposed to learn, just like I did, and just like you did when you were young, um, that make you grow into a full being who's learning his life lessons. And it was a tremendous shift in my parenting to just let go of thinking I could control his life. And at some point there was this relaxation and just 
this sense, the words actually turned into, I honor your life's journey. That's what it came to for me. I just honor your journey. And in that there was a spirit of, I am here for you, I'm rooting for you, I'll do what I can to support you in a healthy way, but it's not up to me to take away your lessons and for you to learn what you're supposed to learn. And so I offer that to you particularly as we go to our uh, dear friends or people that we really care about, that you can be a tremendous support and in your centeredness, you are truly a support rather than thinking that it's up to you to fix or rescue them. This is where the equanimity balances the caring of karuna, compassion. So uh, just keeping that in mind, and you might keep that in mind when you're around your loved ones, that you really, you don't want to disempower them by thinking it's up to you to rescue them, um, but you want to be there in a caring, loving, spacious way that just allows for them to live their life uh, with hopefully as much wisdom and support as, as uh, will, will help them. So with that in mind, let's do some. And first, um, get in touch with your own kind heart. Remember to allow your experience to be whatever it is. Hold it with equanimity. And uh, you can start with that a neutral person. Just to let them have their own life. And I'll say some phrases, and you can use whichever ones you relate to. Just seeing this person, whether it's somebody who you've been working with or somebody here on the retreat, or just to practice with a neutral person, just seeing they have their own life to live. And I'll, I'll use the classical phrases and, or traditional ones and you can vary it as you like. You are the owner of your karma, your happiness and unhappiness depends on your choices, your actions, not on my wishes for you. And see if you can have a connection to a caring, really wishing them well.
some alternative phrases. Um, Things are as they are, or this is how it is. Just to have a spirit of connection and yet um, no agenda. You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depends on your choices or actions, not on my wishes for you, or not solely on my wishes for you. You can also say, And just notice the centeredness that just allows. And then to direct this towards ourself as well. To have equanimity towards ourselves, towards our confusion, towards our longing, towards our beautiful qualities and towards our not so beautiful qualities. They're seeing it's all part of being human. And to see it's all just conditioning We don't have to take ownership of it. We can see it with a very wise, wide perspective, an awareness that knows, that doesn't take credit or blame. I am the owner of my karma. My happiness and unhappiness depends on my choices. My habits 
and actions, not only on my wishes for myself. Or, things are as they are. Or, it's like this. Just see if you can hold your internal experience with that wise, wide awareness. No blame, no judgment, just seeing, oh, and this is how it is. A compassionate understanding. It's all just habits of mind. And this is a a very liberating habit perspective. Oh, things are as they are. This is how it is. Is from that perspective, then you can um, respond wisely and skillfully because there's enough spaciousness of mind and heart that's not caught in contraction of wanting or judgment. I am the owner of my karma. My happiness and unhappiness depends on my choices, my habits, my actions, not on my wishes for myself.
Mm. And now you can bring in um, a benefactor, someone you have real gratitude for, who of course you want to see happy, but realize that it's not up to you. You can be balanced with whatever comes to them. Care deeply and honor their unfolding karma. So bring this being to mind and let go of the agenda. Sometimes it's helpful to say the person or the being's name to really connect with that lived connection. John or whoever the name is, you are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depends on your choices and habits, not only on my wishes for you. And just feel the freedom, if you can access it, that comes from really caring and feeling grateful and yet just allowing for their journey to be as it is. You can also call on equanimity by just inviting balance. May I have balance in relationship to you. And now we'll call on a dear friend. <clears throat> can be a, a child or a loved one or a dear friend, someone you really care about. <clears throat> Just to practice this. 
practice letting go of the agenda and bring them to your mind, your consciousness, might have an image of them. And part of it, as I was alluding to before, is just believing in them that they, they can learn what they need to learn. And as you feel that connection and that caring, <clears throat> try this on for size. Again, you might say their name to start. You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and, and unhappiness depends on your choices, your habits, your actions, not solely on my wishes for you. Or, I honor your journey. Use whatever words really resonate for you. As much as I care about you, You're the owner of your karma. See what it's like to let go of any agenda while still feeling the loving connection. You are the heir of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depends on your habits, choices, actions, not on my wishes for you.
May I have balance in relationship to you. I honor your journey. Okay, and you can continue uh, doing the equanimity practice for any of the categories uh, as you like, or just come back to the Vipassana practice till the period ends.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.